0: Welcome to episode 313 of the Ask the Coach Show where Pink Seals helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Aloys! Uh thank you, Jeffrey, and looking forward to today's
1: show and particularly the joke of the week, because that's always
0: the highlight. It is, Aloys, and I'm gonna get straight into it.
1: Oh, can you? Thank you.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to keep people waiting. Just gonna to... uh, Get that's right. Just get it out there. How do you get Pikachu onto a bus?
1: I don't know, Jeff. How do you get Pikachu onto a bus?
0: Your Pokémon. <laughs> I I
1: reckon you didn't think of that one, Jeff, because that was almost funny.
0: Because <laughs> it was almost funny. All right, yeah, well, to be honest, it was uh, it was my son. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, that sounds about right. He see, he's funny.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should get him on to do the joke of the week every time. Yes,
1: now there's an idea. <laughs> uh,
0: very good. And also, Alice, in another really good segment, on this week you've got some exciting uh, news course, for us. Of course. Um,
1: yes, so on this week, three big birthdays. So on the 20th of June, which was a while ago, but we haven't seen you for a while, um, it was Ding Ning's birthday, we can't forget Ding Ning. Um, Ding Ning one of the superstars of uh, world table tennis, was born on the 20th of June, 1990. So that makes her... 28. 28. That, that's not very old, really, is it, for all she's achieved. I mean, she's um, won three Olympic gold medals, you know, a singles gold medal, two teams gold medals, won a whole bag of world championship gold medals, World Cup gold medals. So... Um, yeah, she is. Uh, she is an absolute superstar. The left-hander, of course, um, and uh, with that very distinctive tomahawk-type serve, with a with a real tomahawk. I mean, I'm talking a tomahawk that would 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 split you in half.
0: Yes, uh, not not it. these little pokey little tomahawks. A serious oh, tomahawk. No, not
1: Pokemon. No, no, no that, that was the last thing. Um, yeah, so Ding Ding's birthday, 20th of June. Also, Hugo Calderano's birthday on the 22nd of June. Not as uh, decorated as um, Ding Ding, but certainly won some Pan-American um, Games gold medals in singles in teams. Uh, 22 been, years
0: old and from yeah, Brazil.
1: He is, and he's one of the up-and-comers of... Uh, of world table tennis and uh yeah be interesting to see how he how he shapes up over the next couple of years. Old Ding uh not Ding Ding. Um what's his name? Hugo Calderano. I
0: bet he'll Uh, be um, interested in the uh World Cup going on right now. Brazil looking nice positioned nicely at the moment. Yes
1: indeed and uh yeah they've uh they're looking looking pretty in the last sixteen those Brazilians without Germany. Anyway, forget World Cup we're back on we're back on, on this on this week, Jeff, that's more important. Um, and the other big birthday of this week, two days ago, the birthday of Tomokazu Harimoto. Oh and,
0: turning yeah. fifteen, alloys.
1: 50, he has turned 15. He's old now, Jeff, turned 15. Like, he hasn't got long left in the under-16 si- under events, Jeff. <laughs> like, he's only got this year and next year to play in the under-16. So yeah, he's
0: probably concerned about that. He's running
1: out of time to really make his mark in the juniors. But anyway, uh, yes, Harimoto's birthday on the 27th of June. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do we need to go through his record? I, I mean, he, I suppose he hasn't really won a lot at this stage, but, you know, certainly the winner the, of the Japan Open recently um, and, he, and he beat a couple of uh, up-and-comers, um, Were they, Ma Long and uh, Zhang Zike?
0: Yes, yes, not bad. Yeah. yeah, and he, uh, so, I think he has won another pro tour, world tour tournament. I think because he was the youngest ever at the time, or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's just good. He's just, he's just very, very good. Uh, is uh, is uh, Harry Moto and um, Jeff? I've got a little question for you. What have those three players got in common?
0: Mm, well, um, they weren't all born this century, so that's out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. What do they have in common?
1: Ah, uh, I'm glad you asked. They will all be at the Australian Open this year, Jeffrey.
0: Wow! How good yeah, is that? So, uh, I mean, this is going to be the best lineup ever seen in Australia. Yeah, ever seen in the Southern Hemisphere, I reckon. Um, so we did have the Olympics, but like you said, sometimes you get, um, you know, you only get the two Chinese playing and. Um,
1: Hmm. Exactly, exactly. Let me let me just go through the men's um say the the top eight seeds in the men's singles will be Fanzen Dong, he's all right, Ma Long, he's pretty good at number two, um, Ovcharov, number three, Lin Gao Yuan from China, number four, Zhu Xin, handy left hander at number five, Lee Sang-soo from Korea, uh Koki Niwa at number seven, and coming in at number eight. Uh Tomokazu Harimoto. Wow, so,
0: that is impressive.
1: Yeah, and uh, poor old Calderano outside the top eight with Gauzy Mizutani, Matsudaira, um, Marcos Freitas, you know, Omar Asa Pretty tough.
0: What tough a lineup! It's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, so uh, so that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to in Australia anyway over uh, in the next month. So, um, yeah, yeah
0: we'll that's, that's really good. Uh, and and on, our, on our sheet here, Alice, it says to talk about the Australian Open, but I guess we're, we're already talking about it. So that's fantastic. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, we sort of are, aren't we? Yeah, I'll, I'll go through the women's lineup because that's reasonable too. Chen Meng, uh, number one. Zhu Yu Ling, Wang Wan Yu, uh, Kazumi Ishikawa, Liu Shi Wen, you know, struggles in at number five. Mima, Mima Ito, Miu Hirano, and Cheng Yi Ching comes in at number eight. And the evergreen Feng Chan Wei, who plays every single world tour event, um, is at number nine. Chen Jing Tong at number ten. Ding Ning struggles in at the number twelve seed for the Australian for the Australian Open. So um,
0: That is yeah. unbelievable.
1: It is. So there you go. That's uh that's a very, very big lineup um, in the Australian Open coming up. Uh, at the end of July.
0: Great. So, yeah, being held in Geelong. So if you are anywhere in Australia, make sure you come down and watch because it's going to be unbelievable. Um, get your tickets at Pingskills.com. Jump onto the front page. We get a small commission if you buy through our front page. So support yeah. Australian Table Tennis and Pingskills. Um, but otherwise, if you're overseas, what a lineup! Take a trip to Melbourne. Geelong's only an hour's drive from Melbourne. Come and watch some Table Tennis. See Australia. Why not? Yeah. And uh, Jeff and I will be there. We'll yes, get, of
1: get course. Them, you guys. So, uh, yeah, so get down to the Australian Open. Um, don't miss out. Big line.
0: Oh, yes. What a tournament. All right, allies. Um I'm just going to calm down after that exciting news about all the entries. But let's move yep. on to the tip and drill of the week, or as we like to call it, the trill of the week.
1: Uh, the tr- we are very tricky with words, aren't we, Jeff? Um so the trill of the week. So last time we talked about thinking about that constant bouncing footwork and inspired by watching uh, Harimoto, Malong, Um, And so I hope you, you had a chance to go and have a look at those guys playing and just watching their footwork. So isolating just their legs and seeing exactly what they're doing with their legs. And you'll notice just the way that they jump around. It's like a two-legged um bunny hop within a, in almost a split position splits position so um yeah have have a look at that if you haven't had a chance and this week what we're going to talk about is just the transition from the service position into that um leg position and that's that's a really vital part because that's the biggest movement that happens uh with your legs in the rally it's from that service to The the next ball. So, what I want you to do this week is I want you to uh, firstly explore exactly what movements you make uh, from your serve to the ready position for the next ball, for the third ball, or whatever it is. But I want you to also think about your serves now and think about okay, how am I going to get into a good position to be able to play that next ball quickly? And what serve position is going to be best for me? to get me into that position as well.
0: Mm. And uh, are there any serves that you preferred, like, to get you into that position, or is it just about thinking about each of your serves and just making sure you're aware of how to get from the service position to the next position?
1: Yeah, I never really thought too much about it when I was playing. I I use the pendulum serve a lot, and I think the pendulum serve is okay because as part of your action and follow-through, you can throw your leg around and, and jump into position reasonably quickly. Um, you know, now uh, some players are favouring the tomahawk serve because you're already in in a more central position to make that uh, that next ball. You know, even the backhand serve um, gets you into a, a better balanced position for the next ball. So, and you know, as a club player, maybe just think about that too. You know, if you if you aren't that quick at moving into position, maybe start to think a little bit more about positioning yourself a little bit more centrally so that you can get into a good position to play that third ball well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think also with a lot of the top players now tend to use their backhands more than maybe, you know, 20 years ago. So I think they are standing more central. So some of these Tomahawk serves and serves from the forehand side are becoming more and more common.
1: Yeah, and Ovcharov, you know, we know Ovcharov's serve. You know, he serves from very central for his backhand serve and uh, and then jumps into a really central position after that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have a bad backhand to follow up with either, does he? He's got a goodie, yeah, that's right. All right, well, that's some that's some good uh, tips and drills there, Alice. Thank you, Jeff. Um, now... I was going to mention something. What was I going to mention? Oh yeah, you, you're talking about last week about Marlong's full work alloys. Well, I just wanted to let the listeners know we're going to have a video coming out about that soon. Um, and, we've, and we've had a couple of other videos. We had the um, the back end of Tomokazu Harimoto. That's proved very popular alloys, and then the strawberry flick also proving very popular. So if you haven't seen those, jump on the Pink Seals website and take a look. Indeed. It is now time for the questions, yeah. and first up, Alloys is one from Waleed about the strawberry flick. He says, "I think you should make a video about the banana and strawberry flick." Uh,
1: there's a good idea, Waleed, and and actually, it was your uh, your question that inspired us to uh, to do that latest video on the strawberry flick. So thank you very much, Waleed. Um, and he's talking about the banana and the strawberry. So the banana flick is. What we commonly know as the backhand side spin flick you know it's the return that a lot of players use in um, uh, in returning serves nowadays especially off the short serve. Um, so so that's going around. So if you're a right-hander that's going around the left hand side of the ball. Um, the strawberry flick is when you go around on the right hand side of the ball so you get your wrist up higher than your racket. And drop your fingers down downwards and uh, rip across the right-hand side of the ball. So that's the that's the strawberry flick. Um, yeah, in the in the video that we just made, it um, we do talk about the I suppose the strengths and weaknesses of that strawberry flick um, as opposed to the banana flick. You know where you where you can hit the ball a little bit harder with the banana flick than the strawberry flick. So so you get on there and just have a have a uh, look at that video and you'll uh, you'll pick up some uh, some things about the uh, strawberry flick and the banana flick.
0: Yeah, and, and I, like you said, Alice, I get the feeling that the banana flick's a lot more consistent. You see all the top players using the banana flick. You don't see them using this strawberry flick very often. And you can kind of see why when you see the momentum with the banana flick, you can really get a big swing in a small area through your wrist and your forearm, whereas the strawberry flick, it's harder to get that same speed and that same... Um, yeah, I guess that speed to get the spin on the ball. So it's more of a surprise tactic, I think, and that's why you don't see it being used as often. Yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, I'm getting hungry. All this.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, allies, I reckon it's almost time for us to do another uh, video on the banana flick because the one we've got there is quite old, so it could use with an update. And I'm getting quite good at the banana flick, just saying. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We used um, we used Jesse Bricknell to you to do the last uh, video on the banana flick. We're going to give him the banana flick, are we? What's We're that? We're going to give him the banana flick and uh, and and bring you in with your new uh, new found.
0: I think it's time. Though, as school. I said, Jesse is fantastic. Banana flick.
1: Yeah, but but yours yours is better, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's better, but I, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm ready to take it on. Okay, good. We'll, we'll
1: watch out for that one, folks. That, that'll be, that'll be exciting. Oh, and I'll be watching out for the ball smashing me in the head on the return. But anyway, yep.
0: <laughs> oh dear. All right. Next up is a question from Aaron. He says, "Hi, Pink Skills. In your video tutorial from seven years ago, oh boy, showing the Pargarel serve." is that serve the same one as popular in present day among the younger Japanese female players players, and some Chinese female players? Um, I hear they're calling it the shovel or the punch serve. And so he wants to know, is it the same? And the second question is, it looks like these are mostly side spin, but can you impart heavy backspin or heavy top spin on this type of serve?
1: Okay, yeah, good question, Aaron. Um, yeah, so they are... Um, just different names for the same serve. Yeah, so we, we sort of nicknamed it the Pargarel serve at the time because I think someone asked what type of serve was what Pargarel was was, um, was serving.
0: Yeah, and um, if a lot of people sort of called it the punch serve, so we also called it that. Yes, yeah, the punch serve is a, is a good one. Yeah,
1: and I've heard it referred to as the shovel serve. Um, so, uh, yeah, they are basically the same thing. Um, Aaron, um, and it, uh, just on that point, I guess you know everyone has their their own names for different types of service We sort of give them a series of names that we like, but uh, you know you can you can name them whatever you like um, when you're when you're serving. Um, and then on the second question there, Aaron, about um, the the type of spin. So yes, they they have side spin on them just because of the the basic action. You know when you've got your your bat up in that. A vertical position, you're going to get some side spin on the, on the ball um, uh, as, as the main type of spin. But the real uh, key to the punch serve is just the subtle change between getting a little bit of topspin or a little bit of backspin on it. So, so if you can just change the angle slightly of your racket and go over the ball or under the ball, then you're going to get um, that top and back. So you're not going to generate a whole heap of topspin or a whole heap of backspin, but as I say, it's the subtlety of the change that is the effective part about the, the, the punch serve.
0: Yeah, and you don't need a big change in spin to force your opponent into an error. If it's just If they misread the spin, even if it's just a little bit of spin, it's going to be hard for them to return it or they're going to return it high or into the net. So it doesn't take a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, especially as you get at, to higher levels, you're not really trying to get them to, to miss um, the table with their return. You are just looking for, as Jeff said, just getting them to hit the ball a little bit higher so that you can play a strong ball. Or getting the ball, or getting them to hit it a little bit lower, and maybe misjudging and hitting into the net. You know, so it's just those subtle little changes that that gain the advantage for you in the rally.
0: Yeah. Now this serve, Alois, this punch serve reminds me a lot of the reverse pendulum serve, but I guess there's uh, less wrist, and maybe the elbow starts a bit lower. And I kind of feel like it's almost an easier serve to do because you don't have that. Trouble with the reverse pendulum, of getting the elbow up high and using the wrist in that awkward way.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you're getting you're getting similar spin on the ball is what um, what you're doing. Um, and as you say, it probably is a simpler simpler action. I don't think you can get as much spin as you can with the reverse pendulum though, um, and that's the advantage of the reverse pendulum. So you're going to get um, some more more spin, or you can generate more spin because you're utilizing your wrist. A bit better for the uh for the reverse pendulum compared to the punch serve
0: interesting all right well everyone get out there and try a few of these different serves always good to experiment and uh see what works well for you all right next up is a question from chandra who says uh why are most of the tensor rubbers not very durable yeah
1: good question and and uh
0: and also Alice, what is a tensor rubber
1: yeah, tensor rubber is basically a rubber that has been stretched. So the, the rubber surface has been stretched and tightened a little bit. So you're getting, it's like a drum effect. So you, you're getting um, a little bit more bounce out of it. So if you think about, um, you know, the rubber, if, if it's not, straw, if it's in its natural state, it's going to have a certain amount of elasticity, but once you stretch that rubber, then it's going to be a little bit more elastic, or it's going to have a little bit more bounce or, or tightness to it. So it's like stretching a drum skin over a drum.
0: And, and, I'm, to... and I'm guessing these sort of became popular when speed glue was first banned, and it was kind yes, of an attempt right. to kind of do that with or legally.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. So you you then um, then. Uh, compensating for the lack of speed without the speed glue by by having these tensor rubbers and as and as a result i mean why they aren't as durable is because then because they're in that stretched state then they're a little bit more prone to chipping and um, you know and and getting damaged especially on the edges so um, so that's why the tensor rubbers tend to be a little bit um, uh, have a little bit less shelf life, than, or not shelf life, but life than um, the uh, the non tensor rubbers.
0: Mm, makes sense. Nice one. Yeah. Well, all right. Next up is a question from Kareem, and he says, I would like to thank you for the effort you do and reading your messages and providing the answers that we're looking for. He says, I play left-handed and I have a problem with how to return the short centre serve. So sometimes he tries to return it with his backhand and sometimes with his forehand. Um, but he's not sure what to do. Do you have any advice, alloys, for these serves that come to your middle? Yeah.
1: So Kareem, that that's always a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, that um, just making the the decision between the forehand and backhand when that ball's in the middle is difficult. There's no. Set rule, you know, um, as to when you play the backhand or the forehand. I mean, have a look at the better players that we were talking about earlier. They, they're utilising their backhand sides, been flick, uh, return, you know, even way over onto their forehand side. So, Karim, it's about working out what your strengths are, what you. Um, what type of returns you do well, and then utilising that, especially in that middle area. So, I mean, if it's really wide on the forehand, you're going to use your forehand. If it's really wide on your backhand, you're going to use your backhand. But that middle, I suppose, third of the table um, is where you can start to make some decisions as to utilising your stronger um, return, whether it's the backhand or the forehand return, especially if the ball's long, you know. So if the ball's long, um, the serve's long, you can – Make a either a backhand or forehand topspin, um, and just think about you know which one you're going to utilize depending on uh, which is stronger, and you also might be um, which one feels more comfortable against each type of serve. So you know against the pendulum serve, swinging one way, you might feel more comfortable with a backhand return with the. With the tomahawk swinging the other way, you might feel more comfortable with the other, you know. so Yeah, just... you read
0: my mind, allies because I was going to say against a left-hander's pendulum serve, I would have found it easier to use the backhand just because the way the ball's spinning. It's sort of spinning away from my forehand, whereas it's kind of coming into the backhand. Whereas, like you said, if the left-hander did a tomahawk, then I'd prefer to use my forehand. So, yeah, the type of spin definitely can influence uh, how comfortable you are returning that type of serve.
1: Yeah, so I think um, I think you know just always always be mindful of your own strengths and weaknesses, um, and don't don't have too many hard and fast rules about about it. Um, you know, just uh, and it might even be you know a certain person's pendulum serve. You know, they might have I don't know more top or side or something on it, and you find that awkward with with your backhand. Try your forehand and vice versa.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Excellent. Thanks for the question, Kareem. And Alois, that wraps up the show. You said it was you. you were excited to um, be starting the show, and uh, it was pretty good. It was, you know. I mean, when you start with a joke like that,
1: um... <laughs> exactly, just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we we might need to get your scriptwriter or your new scriptwriter uh, on the job.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you check out pingskills.com. You can purchase the Australian Open tickets there on our homepage. Check out the Strawberry Flick and the backhand side's been tossed videos. We'll put links in the show notes. And once again, thank you for listening, and thank you, Alloys.
1: Thanks, Geoffrey. And yes, i just reiterate, if you are
0: anywhere near Melbourne, do not miss the Australian Open. Absolutely. going to be awesome. Thanks, everyone. Catch you shortly. Bye.